You know, there's sometimes you read a text of Scripture, and you go, what? Wait, 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 what? What did we just read? Well, today's passage is one of those. You'll always have the poor with you. Wait, what? We'll always have the poor with us? What did Jesus mean? What is Jesus talking about when he says in Holy Scripture that we'll always have the poor with us? What does Jesus mean when he says that? And what in the world does that mean today? We're going to get there in a second. First, I want to talk to you about what happened beforehand. And I think that'll make that passage make a little bit more sense. We see in this text, we see Jesus come to Bethany, the home of his friend Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Now, the scriptures tell us that Jesus didn't have a home. Birds have nests, foxes have dens, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. So Jesus didn't necessarily have a home like you or I have. But what Jesus has is Jesus kind of has in his ministry two bases of operation. Jesus does most of his ministry in the northern part of Israel, Galilee. And in Galilee, Jesus' kind of home base was Capernaum. Capernaum is where Peter and Peter's mother-in-law lived. If you, if you remember the text, Jesus goes to Capernaum and, and, and heals Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. And it says she gets up and begins to serve him. So Capernaum in the northern part of Israel was kind of his home base of operations. But in the Jerusalem area, there was Bethany. Bethany was, was the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And that was kind of his home base when he was in that part of Israel. And Jesus, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They were friends of his. There was a place where he could go and he could rest. He could go and he could eat. He could go and he could just breathe. Because when you look at Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry, he was always going. He was always doing. He was always under attack, it seems like, by the Pharisees, the Sadducees. It seemed like somebody was always out to get him. So this home in Bethany, this was a place where Jesus could come and eat and drink and just rest. Sometimes you're home It's a place where you can just kick off your shoes, or I guess in Jesus' case, the sandals. Kick your feet back and just rest. Now, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they love Jesus. I mean, Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. But they love Jesus. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture talking about the love that he has with them for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus is... You know, the older I get, the more I love the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Because it has that one verse there. When Jesus goes to the tomb late, it says he goes there four days late. Bethany was a short walk from where he was. He could have got there early. The scripture says Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb four days late. The reason being specifically so that he could go and raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb in John 11 specifically for the reason to raise him from the dead. He knew what he was going there to do. He knew when he went to Lazarus' tomb, Lazarus was going to come forth. He knew that. 
But yet when he got there and saw Mary and Martha and all the others crying and grieving, Scripture says Jesus wept. So he wept knowing that in a matter of minutes life was going to win. But when confronted with the death of his friends, when confronted with the tears of others, Jesus wept. We serve a God whose heart is broken when our heart is broken. Jesus wept beside the tomb of his friend Lazarus. That is how much Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He loved them. But they loved Jesus. Now, they loved him before he, Lazarus was raised from the dead. But y'all, Jesus brought their brother back from the dead. You think that might make them love Jesus a little more? You think that might make Jesus a little bit more precious to them? I mean, think about it. Think about in your life, taking death out of it. I remember one time in our life, one of our children was sick in the hospital for a little bit. I can to this day tell you who came by to visit. I can to this day tell you who called. I can to this day tell you the individuals that took time to check on my children. I can likewise tell you who didn't come that I thought would. Yeah, we're all like that, aren't we? You're you're good to folks that I love. I'm going to love you more. So you think Mary and Martha might love Jesus even a little bit more now? Since in chapter 11, he raised Lazarus from the dead. So here, Jesus is. Jesus loves them. They love Jesus. So they come in, and they do what they do. You see, you see Lazarus being a friend of Jesus, sitting at the table, reclining with Jesus at the table, eating, being a friend. Lazarus was his friend. You see Martha serving. By the way, take a moment here. Y'all, it's easy for us to talk about Martha. Without Martha, nobody eats, okay? Martha's get the job done. It's easy for us to say, oh, Martha, you should be like Mary. Because, you know, Jesus goes to Mary, and Martha's like, Jesus, I'm doing all this stuff. And Mary's sitting there, and Jesus says, Martha, I can't take from her this. She's chosen a better way. And we're like, yeah. I'm telling you, y'all, if churches and families and organizations don't have Martha's, nothing gets done, Martha's are awesome. Without Martha's, the church does not exist because things got to get done. Okay? So let's not beat up on Martha. Now, sometimes Martha does need to sit down and rest and pray. Sometimes Mary needs to get up and help her sister out some too. You know? Sometimes Mary's got to get up and help. Mary's need to be a little bit more like Martha sometimes. Martha needs a little bit more like Mary. We need both of them. We need both of them. But it's easy for us to make fun of Martha. Marthas are essential. So I thank God for the Marthas in our church and our families. So we see them doing their things. Mary's worshiping. She's pouring perfume on Jesus' feet and worshiping. Martha's serving. Lazarus being a friend because they understand just how much Jesus means to them. They love him. They're serving him. They're worshiping him. They are so thankful for Jesus and his life and what he has done for them. So we see them doing this. You know, it's interesting, when, when you read the Lytton text, there seem to be choices made. So you see Martha and Mary and Lazarus here worshiping. Then over here, you see Judas. 
I can almost see Judas grumbling. I mean, can't you see? Why didn't they sell this? We could have sold it and we could have used the money for this or that. You know, if they, here she is being wasteful. You know, we could have sold that and done this. But you can almost see Judas off to the side. You know, you, you see. That's what I see when I read the text. So you see Mary and Martha and Lazarus worshiping and thankful. You see Judas over here complaining, being troublesome. Why? Why did one choose this road and one choose this road? Why? Well, Scripture doesn't say, but I've got some ideas. We see in Mary, Martha, and Lazarus truly thankfulness for what Jesus Christ had done for them. He was their friend. He raised their brother from the dead. He gave them life and hope and restoration. Jesus was so precious to them, and they were so thankful. Now, Judas, y'all, we forget this. At some point in Judas' life, Jesus goes to Judas like he did every other apostle and says, follow me. At some point, Judas just like Peter and Andrew and James and John and the other 12. At some point, Jesus went to him and said, follow me. Jesus called Judas by name and said, follow me. And Judas left everything and followed Jesus. We forget about that, don't we? We forget that at some point in Judas' life, he loved Jesus enough to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. Also, it says in Scripture, he held the common purse. And one thing throughout human history has always been the same. You don't give the money to folks you don't trust. At some point, the disciples trusted Judas enough to give him the money. You don't just give the money to anybody. So at some point, Judas was following Jesus. At some point, he was trustworthy. At some point, he was this. So what happened? What happened to turn Judas... From here, worshiping, to here, complaining. What was the thing that made Mary and Martha choose this route? And Judas choose this route. I see these choices all throughout Scripture, particularly during Lent. What was it? I don't know. But I think Jesus' last words are kind of a hint. I wonder if Judas lost perspective. I wonder if he forgot what matters. I wonder if he took his eye off what truly counts. Because see what happens when you lose perspective. You forget what it's all about. And you forget what really counts. Because Jesus says this, the poor you're going to always have with you. What does he mean by that? Here's the thing. Jesus is not saying be uncaring about the poor. Because if you read the Bible, if you read Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, Matthew 25 clearly says that how we treat the least of these will have some impact upon our eternity. Jesus makes it clear that as Christians, we have a moral obligation to help the poor. It is a biblical command by Jesus Christ for us in the church today and always is to be caring and to help the poor. 
So Jesus is not saying, yeah, the poor don't matter. What Jesus is saying is this. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world of imperfection. We live in a world where there's going to always be tragedy, where there's going to always be sickness, where there's going to always be death, where there's going to always be problems. We live in a world where there's going to always be something wrong. So the question is, I think the difference between Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and Judas is what do we choose to look at? What is our perspective? Do we choose to see the problems or do we choose to see the blessings? Because I'm telling you, y'all, there's always something wrong. I give you your word, you can find a thousand problems in this church. Yep. With me, with worship, with staff, with everything. You can find problems here. I promise you. You can find problems in your family. You can find problems in your coworkers. You can find problems in your staff. You can find problems in, 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 in your spouse. You can find problems everywhere you look. You will find problems. I give you my word, you will. Because we live in a broken and imperfect world with broken and imperfect people. So what do you focus on? Focus on the problems? Focus on the blessings. Because you're going to always find something to complain about. I promise you, you will. You will. You will always be able to find something to complain about. There's going to always be something wrong. Or do you choose to focus on what is good? As Paul says in Philippians, my brothers and sisters, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is good, my brothers and sisters, think on these things. Paul says today, whatever I have gained, I count as but rubbish when compared to the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ loves you. He has saved you. He is there for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be there for you. He is always present. There's not a time in your life when Jesus Christ is not present. You just got to see it. You just got to believe it. You just got to be looking for it. Because if you're not looking for it, you'll miss it. The problems were very apparent. Jesus sometimes isn't. So what is your perspective? What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Where are your eyes going? Where is your heart going? Where is your mind going? Is it going to the things that are problems? Or is it going to the things that are blessings? I guarantee you, y'all, if we count our blessings, we got a lot more blessings than we do problems, don't we? Where's your perspective? Jesus is not saying the poor are going to always be with you because that's wonderful. He's saying the poor is going to always be with you because we live in a broken world. but he's going to always be with us too. And the only way we can fix the problems is if we keep the perspective. The only way we can fix the things in life that need to be fixing, the only way we can make this world a place it needs to be, the only way we can be life changers, the only way we can impact our world is to keep our perspective and focus on that which is good, y'all. 
every day of our life is a gift. Every day we're here is a divine gift from God. There are no wasted moments. There are no wasted people. There are no wasted events. Everywhere where God's spirit exists is sacred. Every moment is precious. Or there's always something wrong. Yep. Everything has potential to be amazing and for God to do great stuff. Or everything is a disaster and a failure. That's right. What's your perspective? Which road will you choose to walk down? A story was told about a man that stood outside of town. And people would come up to the town and question whether or not they should move there or not. And the man stood at the gates and each time someone would come to the town... They would say, I'm looking to move. Should I move to this town? And the man would say, well, tell me about your last town. And one person said, my last town, they were, people were miserable. They were awful. They were backbiters and gossips and hateful, hateful people. And I hated every moment there. And the man asked, well, what town was it? And the man gave the town. He said, well, you will find the people of this town to be much the same. A few minutes later, another man walks by. He says, I'm looking to move to this town. Can you tell me about it? He said, well, the man said, tell me about your last town. He said, they were wonderful people. They were kind. And they were caring. And they were loving. And we treasure every moment there. And the man said, well, tell me, what town did you come from? And he gave the man the name of the town as the first man. And the, manager, the man at the gate said, you will find the people of this town to be much the same. Perspective matters, and perspective changes everything. Mary and Martha had the proper perspective on who Jesus was. Judas saw, only saw the problems. Which road will we choose to walk down in this week? Let's pray.